Flags are everywhere, and some are better than others. On this bi-weekly podcast, we analyze the history, the design, and the cultural significance of different flags from all over the world. Thanks for tuning in. This episode, we're going to be exploring the design and the history of the state flag of Alaska. I'm John Meredith, and this is Flag Theory. This story is arguably one of the most amazing and inspiring flag stories that I have come across, and I am so excited to get into the history of Alaska and the creation of this iconic flag. But before we do that, we need to figure out what what are we working with? What exactly does the Alaska flag look like, and is it even a good flag? So the Alaskan flag consists of two parts, eight golden stars forming the Big Dipper and the North Star, all placed on a dark blue background. Now for the design guidelines. Rule number one, is it simple? Definitely one of the most simple state flags in the US along with New Mexico, the Alaskan flag can easily be drawn from memory by anyone. Rule number two, use meaningful symbolism. Cataloged by Ptolemy in the second century, the Big Dipper is part of the constellation Ursa Major, meaning Great Bear in Latin. The North Star symbolizes the future of Alaska and the Big Dipper represents the Great Bear, symbolizing strength. Rule number three, does it have two to three colors? This flag only has two colors, gold for the stars and dark blue for the night sky. Rule number four, no lettering or numbers. This flag is about as simple as it gets. Kudos to Alaska for resisting the urge to add the year 1867 or the words, the last frontier. Rule number five, is it unique? Yes, this flag is very unique. It is the only flag that includes the Big Dipper, as far as I'm aware. I note that there are a number of countries in the Southern Hemisphere that include the Southern Cross star asterism in their flag, such as Australia, New Zealand, and Brazil. Asterism is our word of the day. An asterism is a collection of stars, smaller or part of a larger constellation. Just design-wise, Alaska passes with flying colors, and I can't wait to tell the heartbreaking story of how this flag differentiates itself, how its creation is both tragic and inspirational, and why I'm not afraid to say that the flag of Alaska is exceptional. We will take a deep dive into all of it right after this short break. I told you guys that we were going to get into the history, and that's exactly what we are going to do. Geologically speaking, the oldest rock formations in Alaska, located on the Yukon-Tanana terrain, were formed anywhere between 600 to 800 million years ago. That is an extremely long time ago. But after all, this podcast isn't called Plate Tectonic Theory. This is flag theory. We are here to understand how we got the flag of Alaska. But before we do that, we need to understand how we got Alaska in the first place. Immediately following the Civil War, then U.S. Secretary of State William Seward pursued negotiations in order to purchase Alaska from the Russian Empire. On March 30, 1867, the United States Senate ratified the Alaskan Treaty of Cessation, thereby securing over 1.5 million square kilometers of the last frontier from Tsar Alexander II for a measly $7.2 million. If you quickly crunch the numbers, this equates to two pennies an acre. Public opinion following this territorial expansion was mixed. Those in favor argued that this purchase would be economically beneficial to the United States. It increased geopolitical trust with Russia, and it could possibly lead to U.S. expansion into the British Columbia area. On the other hand, Critics asserted that this gross abuse of power had wasted almost 8 million taxpayer dollars on a useless frozen wasteland, and later would call this event 
Seward's Folly. But what these critics did not know was that Alaska was underwater during the Paleozoic era 500 million years ago. And because of that, vast amounts of oil and gas reserves were hidden underneath the frozen tundra. The U.S. essentially obtained, quote, hundreds of billions of dollars in whale oil, fur, copper, gold, timber, fish, platinum, zinc, lead, and petroleum, unquote, for mere pennies an acre. Along with all these natural resources, the U.S. also inherited the native populations. Numbers of native populations had drastically declined due to the mistreatment during their time as part of Russia. In order to more easily gain control and discipline natives, Russia displaced small villages in order to create fewer, larger ones. These actions, along with many more unspeakable crimes committed against the natives, led to catastrophic consequences. Not only were there conflicts between the tribes, but this congregation of villages rapidly spread Russian and European diseases that the natives had no natural immunities to. These people were treated poorly by their old Russian landlords and sadly were continued to be abused by the new owners of the land. Quote, For their part, Alaska natives claimed that they still had the title to the territory as its original inhabitants and had not lost the land in war or ceded it to any country, including the U.S., which technically didn't even buy it from the Russians, but bought the right to negotiate with the indigenous populations, unquote. Their ancestors had lived there for thousands of years, and suddenly their whole way of life was changed. During this time period, natives had no rights as citizens. They couldn't vote, own property, or file for mining claims. And along with this, they also had to fight the Bureau of Indian Affairs, which in the 1860s, quote, began a campaign to eradicate indigenous languages, religion, art, music, dance, ceremonies, and lifestyles. It wasn't until 1945 in which Alaska's Anti-Discrimination Act was passed, which outlawed signs such as no natives allowed in restaurants and buildings. So now that we have this background knowledge about what Alaska is, now we can talk about the story of this flag. Alaska had been a territory of the United States since 1867, and it wasn't until 1927 that the territorial governor of Alaska thought that having their own flag would help them achieve statehood status in the future. So then Governor George Parks created a good old-fashioned flag design contest which was open to kids from the 7th to the 12th grade in Alaska. The submission that we're talking about today was designed by 13-year-old Alaskan native Benny Benson. In 1913, Benny Benson was born in Chignik Bay, a tiny fishing village on the southwest shore of the Alaskan Peninsula. And when I say tiny, this town is tiny. In the 2010 census, the population of Chignik Bay was 91 people. When Benny was three years old, his mother died of pneumonia, and shortly thereafter, his house burned down. So Benny and his younger brother Carl grew up in an orphanage in Seward, Alaska. Through his immense challenges growing up as an orphan, but also as a native Alaskan in a time of harsh discrimination, Benny found comfort in stargazing. He would locate the familiar Big Dipper every night from his window at the orphanage before he went to bed. His 1927 submission was immediately loved by the judges. They argued that since anyone can look outside and see the Big Dipper, it is a much more united symbol of Alaska than some of the other submissions, which included polar bears or gold pans. Benny's Big Dipper design won the competition over 700 other applicants, and as a reward for his achievement, he was awarded an engraved watch and a $1,000 prize that he later used to study diesel mechanics. The winning design was then adopted and used as an official Alaskan territorial flag from 1927 until 1959, 
when Alaska became a state. Sadly, Benny Benson passed away from a heart attack at the age of 58, but is remembered by his grandchildren and a Benny Benson memorial site in Seward, Alaska, recognizing his contributions to society. But how ironic is it that Benny Benson was an Alaskan native, the very people that were so blatantly discriminated against and who received so much hatred would in turn bestow a 13-year-old orphan who would provide such a profound contribution to society. Our friends at the Alaska Historical Society say, quote, Benny's artful creativity was most definitely inspired by his own life's experiences and hardships, but his remarkable contribution to Alaska history also encouraged his fellow Alaska natives who had received citizenship and the right to vote only four years prior to Benson's win. Not surprisingly, Alaska natives who had struggled with their own stories of tragedy and loss saw in Benny and his flag symbols of enduring strength. Unquote. This story cements the idea that one person can create change in their society. Even a 13-year-old orphan boy from Chignik Bay. Dream big, kids. Anything is possible. Thanks for listening this week to Flag Theory. Also, special thanks to Connor for recommending this episode. If you have any questions and comments or suggestions, you can email me at flagtheorypodcast at gmail.com or Instagram message me at flagtheorypodcast. You can also find pictures of the flags that we talk about in a guide format on the Instagram page too. The music and editing this week was done by John Meredith. Sarah Meredith was consulted for the upload process. Don't forget that you can get a free audiobook and a month subscription for free if you head over to audibletrial.com slash flagtheory. It's the easiest way to support the podcast. Next episode is the national flag of Nepal. Can't wait to see you guys then.